Alright guys, welcome back to the Shark Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Jaws, and with me is my co-host, Denver. Howdy, howdy. Alright, well, I think uh, everybody knows what's going on. Game of Thrones is over. Yeah, I want to say finally, but I never say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even then, like... Like we already know that like um, that there are prequels and spinoffs on the docket, right? Already, um, was it the prequel? Do you do you remember what the prequel titles are? Um, n- yeah, there's one uh, that I think I heard about uh, when Aegon Targaryen is a kid or something like that. It's like a hundred years or two hundred years prior, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but yeah, uh, George R. R. Martin said that there was five prequel shows mm-hmm. that are in works right now. Yeah, five of them, all separate. So. You know, uh, with the ending, a lot of people were talking about uh, Jon Snow having his own show, Arya mm. having her own show uh, because of the setup. Yeah. But they've already got five shows and they're all prequels. So, I, yeah. you know, who knows what they're going to be in there. Um, I heard that there's going to be one, like, those guys from the Night Watch and their prequels yeah. or something. Okay. Or, like, the some of the guys at the Stark Castle. Who's Haggart or something? Hmm? I don't know. See, I can't remember the, half these characters' names. <laughs> yeah. There's so many characters that have come and gone in, in Lord. Uh, or, sorry, I almost said Lord of the Rings and uh, yeah. Game of Thrones. I don't even know who's like who's getting spinoffs and who's not. It's, yeah. it's so bizarre. Um, but yeah, no, we finally finished watching the uh, eighth season. Yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, initial thoughts, I can say I didn't like it as much mm. as I was hoping to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Off the bat, when you know it's, it was six episodes, right? Instead of mm. ten. And that it, even then it seemed rushed. Yeah. So why would they choose less episodes if they had to rush their storyline? Do you know what happened? No. With the ending? They were offered two seasons by HBO. Yeah. The creators, that is. The creators were sat down and they were like, hey, you, we know the end of the story's coming up. And we'll give you two seasons to wrap this story up. Right. You know, so instead of... It wouldn't have been season eight on its own. It would have been eight and nine. Right, And right. full seasons of the of a full story. Oh, man. And they said, no, it's okay. We'll do it in one season. That's just six episodes. <laughs> did they still get the same money? Right. <laughs> it's a weird... That's a weird thing. Like, oh, why did they cut that out? I don't know. Yeah. Oh. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I think a lot of people felt the same thing like you're just saying. Like, it was rushed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... I don't know, so I guess we'll go over all the different things that happened, and we'll talk about like what works and what doesn't work. Right. Um, how do you feel about like the overall ending? You know, um, like I guess Jon Snow going up to the north and Bran right. being king and Danny just dying and Sansa being queen of the north. Right. Are you going on a cat like on a ship to the west? Right. I don't know. That was like how it ended. So. Yeah. Um, well, I was talking to my, my cousin Dave, and he uh, he's finished all the books so far that mm-hmm. are out, and he was talking about how he didn't feel it was a true George R. R. Martin ending. Yeah. That, uh, you know, only one of the Stark kids should have survived. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, that the, the good guys prevail or have their victories for the most part, but they always limp across the finish line. It's never... Mm-hmm. They never get there unbloodied, and it just kind of... I feel like they copped out at the ending where... All the Stark kids all have happy endings, and they all get to do what they wanted to do, and everything's okay, and... Yeah. You know, that seemed really strange. Yeah. But I guess once they're past the source material, that's what they end up doing, right? They're afraid to kill off anybody. So there's this, um... There's this thing that I was reading about how, uh... 
Game of Thrones sort of struggles with two writing styles, right. and it's like south of the the wall. You could kind of say that everything's like a, a um, realistic storytelling. So like these stories where um, you know there's consequences to actions, people die. Like the story of Ned Stark, like everything he did led up to his death. That's that's like a realistic story, and then. North of the Wall, it's more like traditional storytelling. Okay. You know, like, the Night King is obviously, like, a force of pure evil. He's mm. just bad. And the uh, everyone else is are good guys, and they have to prevail over the bad right. for that story to make sense. It's, you know what I mean? It's it's more like a Star Wars tale, a hero's journey. Yeah, yeah. For, for them defeating the Night King. And and then we sort of struggle with the, cl- the clash of those two stories coming together. Now, what ends up happening also is, like... All that realistic storytelling that we were used to George, with George R. R. Martin's style, mm. ever since the books ended, I think they stopped with that format. They yeah. stopped seeing it as realistic, like what would actually happen to these characters? What are the consequences of their actions? Yeah. They all become, what's the term? Like they end up with plot armor on? Yeah. You know, like I'm a main character and now I'm invincible. Like, what is it, season seven, where um, Brom and Jamie get attacked by the dragon and they both survive? Yeah. Or that, or when everyone goes to the north to, like, get a White Walker and to bring it to Cersei and yeah. almost everyone survives, but, like, one or two minor characters. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else had, yeah, plot armor on. Yeah, and they, uh, we were talking about this before, too, that uh, they, they oversimplified everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody turned into an archetype. And they're like, okay, this character does this, this character does that, and all their their motivations and their interesting perspectives kind of disappeared. Yeah, and it just became, oh, this guy does this because you know it's it's just yeah these these regular original archetypes that have been in literature forever mm-hmm. are now just you know are so prominent. Yeah, like uh, I'm thinking uh, the Hound. Yeah, they turned the Hound into a fan favorite, and like I, I can understand why he was really appealing, mm. but then he just turned into the the surly antihero. Right. They're like uh, a gruff and mumble. Like I'm going to act like I don't do in this, but yeah. I, like I really deep down have a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When really I think back in the day, like that that was not the Hound's motive. You know, I don't. I feel like he was a little. I don't know. Just it wasn't. It wasn't so clear like that you know what i mean like he wasn't he wasn't just a good guy he had a bad side to him yeah you know he was a complex character and then his buddy for like a lot of the show Arya stark yeah her too she became this like invincible assassin at one point which like i really enjoyed her becoming that and then when she became the invincible ninja she was like then this invincible ninja and she couldn't Mm -hmm. get be defeated and i was like oh there's no more complexity there's no more challenge to Arya. Right? Like, where's where's the challenge? Where's... Wh- you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people were talking about how she became completely OP. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they said that she was teleporting, too. Mm-hmm. That she was moving around, like, way faster than possible. And and that uh, instead of having the big war, they just should have sent her after Cersei. Mm-hmm. And she could have got in there and killed her and got out. And the whole thing would have been averted. Because mm-hmm. she can kill anyone. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, like, yeah, just send her in to kill C- Cersei. Like, it's just so such a weird, like, thing to do to all the characters. Um, like, like, what is it? I, we were watching some things that, like, really broke down how, like, they'd say that the, there was a lot of character assassination. Right. In the last, last season, I think, was the worst of it. Hmm. I think leading up, like, I didn't, season six and seven weren't great compared to the other ones, but I feel like eight really fumbled the ball. Right. Where they really just threw everything back. Like, I've been re-examining season one a little bit. 
and I just see all where all the characters came from, and it's like, yeah, this is not where they should have ended up, like in a realistic place or anything. Like why, like you're saying, like why does every Stark character make it out alive? Yeah, that's not where this show kind of is going. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing that's like weird for me on like why is Bran this supposed to be this high powerful like wizard? Yeah, uh, the three eyed Raven, but he doesn't do anything. Yeah, as soon as he gets his full power and he becomes labeled the Three-Eyed Raven, he nothing happens. Nothing like, happens. When he's in training, he you know, he learns about uh, John's origin, he talks to his dad almost. He uh he screws with Hodor. You know, he does all this stuff and then as soon as he's officially all powerful, he never uses it yeah. ever again. Except, you know, warging a little bit. What should he should like, shouldn't he have sort of defeated the Night King with mm. his own abilities, shown us what he's done? Yeah. Or maybe proved himself useful against Danny or something at the end of the series? Like, Warged into her dragon? Wouldn't that have been way more interesting? <laughs> A dragon fight? Two dragons fighting? Yeah. Like, instead of uh, Euron killing that one dragon? Which, yeah, I, I think a lot of other people also know about the, the other weird, like, inconsistencies in the show. They're just like... Yeah. Why... How did Danny... How did one of the dragons die from Euron's fleet? Yeah. Just just sniping her? Like, if she never noticed yeah. all the boats around the corner? Yeah, that, that interview with uh, one of the writers. Yeah. And he was saying, oh, yeah, she forgot. It's like, no, when you're... <laughs> if you were in an airplane, you could see it clearly yeah. from that elevation. Like, there's no way you would miss that many boats. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh boy, yeah. Um, Jamie, I think, was another character I found was a little sad that they... Yeah, yeah, He, he in the last season he was supposed to have this whole thing where he was, oh, you know, getting, trying to pursue uh, a Rianne? good lifestyle. Oh. I mean, yeah, just like leaving his sister behind and being like, okay, I am going to be a man of my word, I am going to have this evolution. And mm-hmm. then at the end it was for naught, he just kind of broke her up. heart and dipped. Yeah. yeah, like that whole story with Brienne, it felt pointless yeah because it resulted in nothing yeah it was just he hooked up with her and you were thought oh like maybe this is him yeah growing as a character and coming to at the end of his arc yeah and then he was like actually no i'm (laughs) i'm totally just like my old self and i'm gonna go to see my sister again yeah and even says when uh when Tyrion lets him go he says that uh he never really cared for the people he's like oh yeah no you know i did all this stuff but i they don't it doesn't really phase me when really the whole reason he's the Kingslayer is because he's uh, he got away from his own honor. Like he uh, what was it? No, he he was it. He um yeah he he sacrificed his like his honor and, and everything for for the greater good because the the Mad King wanted to nuke everyone, right? Yeah, and he was like, I'm gonna save everyone. Yeah, you know, even though it ruined his whole reputation. Yeah, yeah his reputation. There's yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, and then it, what's that line that he's when he's talking to Tyrion and Tyrion's like. Think of all the innocent people in the city. Yeah, he says, I never really cared for them. It's like, like, uh, (laughs) we're officially past the books. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't seem to fit the the character at all. No. Um, Oh. Yeah, and uh, with with Bran, too, I was just thinking that, you know, it seems strange that they, they had him substitute into this king because, you know, one thing, a king has to relate to the people and the people have to relate to the king. And he is the most, like, un... Uh, unreachable person ever you know since he's become the three-eyed raven he's kind of like a dr manhattan almost Mm -hmm. where he's just you know he doesn't he's losing his touch with humanity and that's the worst person to have as a king even though you know he can see the future and see the past imagine somebody coming to him and him being like well i know how the future plays out so i'm sorry your your farm got attacked but that's that's what fate is yeah well what do you mean 
Yeah. You know, he won't fight against fate ever. Like, it doesn't seem fair, yeah, to give leadership to someone who can see into the future in that sense. You need yeah. to leave. It's like, what kind of a message does that send as a theme of the show? Yeah. Like, isn't the whole point that, like, men can form their own destinies and they must make these choices whether they're right or wrong? Right. For their own... For, like right isn't that that's that's the whole show right there's people like you make a you make a, a good call and and there'll be a consequence you make a bad call and there'll be a consequence yeah so you're gonna put all the actions in the hands of someone who already knows the consequences yeah and then we'll sometimes do those things anyway because of the way that they have to play out <laughs> that's such a cruel thing it's like saying it's really like saying now god is in charge yeah yeah and you just have to let things go like you're saying like oh did your farm burn down that's life, yeah, man. Yeah, God's like, will. Yeah, yeah it's brand's, just, will. brand's will. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've heard different rumors too that he would be a great uh, master of whispers to take over for Varus. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine him just warging into things, or well, he, he knows the future and he knows the past. So yeah, you know, nobody would whoever the the real king is, he would be able to keep them in power, and he would know who the next best king would be mm-hmm. because he could see, you know, what their what their path would be like, and. He wouldn't be a good hand, you don't think, huh? Uh, I don't... You know, as long as he's on the council, it'd be good. But I think Whispers, for sure, Master of Whispers. It would be more appropriate. Yeah. I guess because I'm just used to the idea of a Master of Whispers being, like, shysty and... Yeah. You know, like, Varys and Littlefinger and the way that they dealt with things and stuff. Yeah. yeah the thing I, I always have to remind myself about Varys and Littlefinger, though, is they're Master Manipulators, but Varys has always been on the side of good and Littlefinger mm. on the side of evil. Well, Varys technically the greater good yeah like he'll do bad things if he believes that in the long run yeah it's going to be good for everybody well yeah Littlefinger is self-serving right yeah well he's literally quoted saying i would burn the world if i could be king of the ashes Mm. so that basically defines his whole archetype that is that is that is that is totally him in in a a sentence Yeah. yeah okay and uh then let's talk about brawn i was gonna (laughs) brawn Bron, I think it's N. is it Bron? Okay, I always mess him up. Okay, uh, so um, yeah, uh, everyone's favorite rough and tumble dude. Yeah. introduced in season one as Tyrion's like best buddy. Yeah, now the Lord of Highgarden. <laughs> I hated that scene that he yeah. comes in with the the crossbow and threatens yeah. Jamie and Tyrion, and he's just like, mm, like I guess um. Uh, like yeah, it's like I don't know. It just threatens them, and then they, he turns into a like the Lord of Highgarden, yeah. just, just like that. Like I don't know. That's such a stupid like me- mechanism because he's not even participating in anything no. like, plot wise. He shows up for a scene, they so they can give him a title, and then he shows up at the end of the show, yeah. and he's like, oh yeah, I'm cool now. I'm. <laughs> I remember that guy you all liked. It's like, well, now he's got his own you know castle and lands, and yeah, he doesn't even have a last name. Mm-hmm. So- is it just going to be like the Lord of the Blackwater? Like, yeah, I, I, like honestly, I think what would have been more interesting is they they should have done the um the Game of Thrones thing and killed him at some point. Yeah. Like have him sat. Like imagine if he killed himself, or like killed himself at that moment, or uh, not killed himself, but uh, sacrificed himself to kill, save Jamie from the dragon. Right. The dragon was coming. Brom pushed him out of the way and took the hit. Right. Then we learned something so much about Bronn in that moment. Yeah. Bronn is like. Um, a hero, I guess. You know, he's, he went from mercenary to hero. Yeah. And instead, we go from mercenary to man who will act heroic to man to 
back to mercenary. Yeah, master of coin. Like right, right back. Like <laughs> yeah, a lot of these characters kind of end up where they started. Like they yeah. don't, you know. Yeah, we're talking about like repercussions. Who? No one. No one suffers really by the end. Like, yeah, in a big way. And you know, it, he spends most of his money in brothels, and he's a gambler. Mm-hmm. That seems like the worst possible choice for a master of coin. That's like that's just not thinking, right? Yeah. yeah like why? Why? Why is that an exciting concept for anybody? Who's who would appoint him that? I don't. <laughs> well, little Littlefinger owned a bunch of brothels, yeah, but he never uh, partook. I, I don't think. Did so, he? I don't know. Well, not as not to bronze level at least. Oh no, Bronn was a yeah yeah. No. So, but he just saw that as like a fountain of money, right? You know, mm-hmm. he was always able to pinch a penny here and there and and move funds to to get to pay th- for things that he wanted to. But uh, most of his money came from his brothels. Yeah. Oh, oh, another thing is that they're in debt to the the kingdom is still in debt to the Iron Bank. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen with that? Who takes that on? Does Braun have to pay that back? Or remind me where the Iron Bank's from? Or Bravos, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I re- I don't remember that storyline as much. There's been so much coming and going. Yeah, it's just uh, when Ned's in season one when Ned Stark shows up at uh, King's Landing and he's talking to Littlefinger and he's talking to the king. He finds out that uh, there are about three million gold in uh, in debt. Yeah. Hmm. So. Okay. How upset were you when uh, Danny died and stuff? Um. Yeah. I I I felt. Uh, you know. I felt kind of cheated on that ending. Like I, mm. I wish that they had kind of flushed out her her big flip at the end. Obviously, yeah. like I think I'm not a hundred percent upset yeah. that she did the flip. Like we we've talked about the idea of Targaryens going mad. It's yeah, in, it's in their DNA. Right. They're both they're both like it's the it's the incestuous like um, lineage meets their own like madness that's just in their DNA. Yeah. And like this, so they'll never they never breed out their madness. Yeah. Like they've kept it in their family forever. And it's like that could have been a storyline. Like they, you know, a lot of, a lot of the perception was that she was the one Targaryen who's not mad. Yeah. And if they wanted to do that, they just needed, I think, a little bit more time. Yeah. To show us that, I think, would have made it feel better. And that's why it was so jarring. You know, this. Yeah. This moment. And lots of people have talked about it. it's like oh well she killed the slavers she killed the highborns in mm-hmm. in the east and stuff and you know it's like oh they were always bad people so we never we never thought it was an evil thing to kill them yeah but uh, that seems completely different and um, you know part of the thing with the, with the mental illness if if we're relate, relating this to reality is that uh, when you're in your early twenties that's when you know schizophrenia and, and stuff like that. Uh, take effect so mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that when she reaches that age that her targaryen blood would either you know as they said the coin they don't mm. know which way her coin oh, landed yeah. so until she came to that age they had no idea what side it was on mm-hmm. so as much as she was fighting it as soon as her you know her mind kind of uh, and her bloodline took effect mm-hmm. in her psyche then that was it we do have to wonder though what george r, r. martin is going to do with this ending yeah because we've all heard that that um, that quote now, where he yeah. talks about if you're writing a novel, and you know you write in the novel that the butler did it, yeah, and then you find out on the internet that that they figure out that the butler did it, so you change your story partway through to having the chambermaid did it, yeah. Well, you screw up your whole story, yeah, because you've been setting up the whole way it was supposed to go a certain way, and then you you change gears, and all those little like hints and tidbits and storylines you've been developing. 
or become pointless. Yeah, all your foreshadowing is dead end. Yeah, so I feel like that's kind of what happened a yeah. little bit with this. Is like, yeah, anything anything to make us feel emotionally gratified mm. by the end, or even true subversion of expectations. The way that the show usually, like the way that Game of Thrones likes to go. Yeah, you know that just like throwing you uh, these curveballs. I didn't feel like they were curveballs. Yeah, they were just like another option that wasn't that didn't feel like the like you know satisfying right not 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 even as like a yeah like even when ned stark died you understood why he was dying you could see it and you felt you're like oh the villains and you shook your fist at the tv and it was emotional when danny died i was just like oh well i guess not so this is being resolved yeah um i think the one thing that bothered me a little about that is uh is like john was never really given the moment where you felt like he was changing his mind mm. he just the whole eighth season has the same damn expression on his face that yeah. same like Jon Snow knows nothing face <laughs> and then by the end of that like the end of the series he's like he he goes and he talks to Grey Worm and he has like a sassy talk with him about like assass- like killing the prisoners of war and things like that and then he goes and, and like watches Danny give this big speech and he has the same expression on his face where he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Goes, talks to Tyrion uh, in the in the when he's like locked up. Yeah, he talks to a couple people and they all basically tell him the same thing. Oh yeah, he talks to his sister Arya too yeah. and everything, and they're all like, So, John, aren't you gonna do something about this? Yeah. And he has that same like, well, I don't know, kind of expression. <laughs> so when it happens, it's sort of like there's no it doesn't feel like there's an emotional journey for John either. No. It feels like it just it's like, when did you decide to do this? Yeah. Why would you, why would your, like, I feel like the conversation with Tyrion would have gone a little differently had we known in the back of his mind he was ready to kill his aunt, you know, ready to kill Danny. Yeah, and it, it doesn't make sense either that uh, uh, Grey Worm would have let him live, that Drogon would have let him live, and Grey Worm would have let him, let him live. Uh, you mm. know, I guess Drogon, because he's a Targaryen and he knew that, and that's why he let him ride him. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, you know, it's it just seems totally strange that they would not only keep him alive, but they would keep him alive for, like, weeks or even a month, you know, mm-hmm. for long enough for him to grow a beard, him and Tyrion, yeah. before they held the council. And that was another thing that was brought up was that uh, why, you know, it seems like a bad idea to have Tyrion bring up the idea of having the High Lords vote for the next king. Mm-hmm. Because he his whole character arc has been he's been spent uh he spent time with the you know high lords and people like that and he just he knows what their motivations are he yeah. knows how corrupt every single bloody one of them is yeah except for ned and uh why does he think that would be a good option you know i know breaking the wheel and and having the destroying the bloodline that's mm-hmm. the main thing melting the iron throne no more targaryens but at the same time, he knows that all it takes is four high lords that, or four kings of the uh, the seven kingdoms or six kingdoms, to vote for somebody, and then that person gets in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now Bronze, one of those kings, so or lords. So you know, it, it's it's just really strange that, uh, and it, it it takes away from the effect of it if he's the one who brings it up. You know, it, it's uh, it just doesn't ring with me anyway yeah no I, I feel that the whole end sequence where they're all sitting around picking it it just felt very like arbitrary yeah you know i didn't like it like nobody nobody had any real emotion to it like the one guy was like hey i should be king and they're like yeah sit down yeah and the other lords are like yeah we'll just pick it like no one put up a fuss like and 
this whole show is about political intrigue. Yeah. And at almost every time you sit a bunch of these guys down at a table, somebody would stand up and say, I don't agree with what's going on. I have different viewpoints. Yeah. Because they're all different complex characters. And in this regard, they're more like bland TV politicians. Yeah. Where they all get around a table and they say, oh, I think this... <laughs> you know, and they just sort of like, they're not, they're not individual characters anymore. Yeah. They're working like a weird unit. Yeah. It's the writing. The writing's crumbling. Yeah, and if you think about it too, you know, Winterhold, uh, Winterfell, sorry, Skyrim reference, uh, yeah. Winterfell claimed independence yeah. for the, you know, but, first time since uh, since Aegon. And, and they uh, just let Sansa do that? Yeah, and then even if you think about the Iron Islands, they talked to Danny, and she promised them independence. So why didn't uh, why didn't they bring it up? Why didn't the Greyjoys bring up that they wanted independence or that... Uh, uh, what's the South called? Uh... I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I can't remember all the different regions myself. It's been so long. But no, I feel, yeah, like all these... I almost thought that would have been a more interesting ending. Imagine yeah. if everyone sort of went, you know, they all said, you know what? Every kingdom would just be independent now. Yeah. You know, it's like almost like just complete separation. No more like fascist overrule from uh, right. from from the king or anything. Just every little place gets its own to be separated and uh, i don't know it's it's a maybe a weird way to end the whole series but like it's everyone having their independence you yeah know? i don't know um i honestly i almost would have preferred if like john snow was the king at the end yeah the the reluctant king and the rightful heir to the throne right just i like in my heart i felt like there was this moment at the end where like him watching danny just toast everyone yeah and i was like okay uh, this could be okay if Jon Snow's immediate reaction is to rally all the men of the North together yeah. and start attacking immediately. Mm. Just to immediately flip himself. To be like, no, I think I made a huge mistake following Danny. We need to like calm the situation down immediately. Right. And then the, and then the final episode, instead of being like a bunch of speeches and a bunch of talking, the last episode actually be like this final battle between the Unsullied and the men of the North yeah. for like this ultimate, you know like ruling and then somehow the yeah i don't know what they would do about the dragon yeah like how would john snow would do about it but you know just just that i feel like that would be a more conclusive ending yeah yeah it's it's strange too when you think about it that uh daenerys john and uh bran are apparently the three options for the king hmm. or queen and none of them can have children sorry who can, which one can, bran, bran can't have children john can't have children John and Daenerys, no, not since he's been brought back from the dead. Really? Yeah, oh. they mentioned that a couple times that oh. he's he's unable to bear children, and Daenerys was told by the witch that uh, killed her uh, husband. Oh, that she won't anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's also uh, Gen Gendry. Uh, Gendry. Yeah. Gendry. Oh, yeah. All these yeah. curses. <laughs> uh, also, what about him? Like, also, oh, sorry, another okay, like he's also sort of in line for the throne. I'm sort of sad that he just ended up being like a lord just sitting at the council and that's it right like, it's such a weird storyline for him it's like oh yeah you're technically also heir to the throne because baratheon took the throne over so you're yeah. supposed to be first in line yeah anyway but you know we're just gonna ignore you as soon as she legitimized him yeah he had a claim totally <laughs> um and i don't like we all know that she was just doing that to try and make him happy anyway and i'm yeah. sure he wouldn't try to overthrow the throne um but also here's the other thing about the john snow being king storyline that i feel was important we spent so many episodes on the mystery of his parents. Right. 
and the whole br- uh, brand story, yeah. the Three-Eyed Raven, is about him yeah. finding out who Jon Snow's parents are. Yeah. So why is that not the big... Like, the two biggest parts of the show is <laughs> Danny coming to take over Westeros and finding out who Jon Snow's lineage is. Yeah. And those two stories kind of don't end. No. Really. They don't come to any kind of ending, yeah. Daenerys just talks about it a little bit, saying, oh, you can't talk about this, or... You know, and that, I guess that was just a show... Because she, she was told that she was going to get betrayed three times. And I yeah. think that had to be the third time. They yeah. had to throw in something so that he could betray her by telling, you know, Sansa, who who tells everybody, obviously. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it doesn't result in anything. Nobody else finds out. It only pisses off Danny a little bit. And then she forgets about it when he says that you'll always be my queen. You know, it's nothing happens. Nothing happens, yeah. And even Danny being like, the ruler of the of Westeros yeah. is kind of stunted by Jon Snow and doesn't go anywhere from there either, kind yeah. of. Like, yeah, he just stops her journey. Yeah, he yeah. puts a knife in her, <laughs> and Danny's story ends. The dragon flies away with her body, and that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not, like, a real ending to this amazing, like... It would have been... What maybe would have been more satisfying is if she was actually... Maybe if she was was a good leader, she was true, and then somebody assassinates her in that last moment. Mm. She is the break, like she does, like break the wheel. Was it what's the term? She's break, break the wheel, yeah. breaker of chains, or yeah, 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 yeah. Break, break, and she breaks the wheel, um, the cycle uh, of everything. She's actually a benevolent leader, yeah. and then somebody kills her, yeah, and she becomes a martyr to right. the whole concept. Right? Wouldn't that have been a better ending, kind of like her death being a, a symbol in a sense? Yeah, as opposed yeah. to just something that's just like well. Because, like, the only people who are upset by her death are the Unsullied. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know what they're... Why they're so emotionally, like, attached. Like, it's just... It's just, like, Grey Worm turned into this weird emotional guy. Yeah. That he's not supposed to... I never thought he was supposed to be. Yeah, I think uh, the death of his girlfriend... Pushed him over yeah. the edge. Yeah. I, I, I guess so. Maybe it's because, like, I don't know, I used to like Grey Worm, and the more emotional he got, the less I liked him. Right. I felt like he was losing himself... Mm. And a lot of it, you know, it's like, it's it's okay to fall in love with somebody and use that passion to fuel your own passions and, right. and like move yourself forward. And I like the idea of revenge, but it's like, it's misplaced revenge at this point because like his girlfriend dying doesn't have to do with Danny dying. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There was, there's a common theme with the Game of Thrones too, now that I think about it, that uh, anybody who's out for revenge ends up dying. Yes. Except for Arya, because she forgoes her revenge at the end, right? Yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, yeah, so when uh, Rob Stark, you know, goes, gets uh, revenge for his father, he gets killed. Same with Catelyn, gets mm-hmm. killed. And even the Hound, three main characters that their whole, you know, motivation was revenge, and they all die. I, honestly, like, as much as I love the Hound, I don't really see, like, what the whole, what, the, like, why... What point of the story were we thinking that, like, the Hound getting revenge on his brother was a story that needed completing? Right. Especially since, like, the mountain died. Yeah. And he came back as a zombie. So, like, there's a totally other thing going on there. Yeah. I don't know why that needed to resolve specifically in that way, you know? Yeah, how Uh, much of his brother is really in there for him to kill? Yeah. Like, why do they care about each other at this point in the story? I think it would have been more interesting. It would have been it would have been okay for them to have an encounter mm. if it was also driven by something else. Yeah, like the mountain is just being Cersei's bodyguard and trying to like get through a place, and the Hound is there, 
and like you know the mountains trying to kill Arya or something and the hound's just like well i'm not going to stand for this right and then jumps in not just to kill his brother i feel like the hound is like that's again character journey wouldn't he be past that at this point like that pettiness like the character growth wouldn't well yeah well i feel like you know the whole reason he wants to kill his brother is because when they were kids he held his face in a fire and burned him and scarred him for life right and i just feel like once you know if the how if the mountain had already died and had come back as a zombie it didn't have a conscious stream of thought in his head saying like yeah i'm still an asshole i'm still you know if you kill somebody for revenge and they don't know that you're doing that what's the point yeah you know it's the whole thing i want to see the look in their eyes when they know that i've Mm -hmm. got them yeah he's never going to give that to you he doesn't even he knows who you are but he doesn't you know have a conscious thought of oh yeah there's my brother that i did this to (laughs) ha 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 yeah yeah that was the thing like the the mountain totally at the end just sort of gave up on his his other purpose yeah which is to protect cersei no matter what yeah he's like no i'm i want to kill my brother now yeah you know, and then, yeah, the Hound is like, I know I've spent seasons not caring about my brother, yeah. but right now, I care. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. Like, if I were the Hound, I would have just, like, do a little side cut on Cersei as she tried to get by him. Yeah. Remember that? Or, like, the Hound just let Cersei walk by? It was just like, no, no, no. Cersei's, like, the, like, the one, like, <laughs> a real bad queen. You just should do your, do your job. Yeah. You just could have pushed her off the edge. Yeah. You're falling down the stairs. <laughs> Although I did like the, the death of Kyburn is that his name? Right, right, the, the, yeah. The like magician man that works for Cersei. Uh, yeah, that was great. We're just he was like, "Hey, Mountain, like, no, no, you have to help Cersei." And Mountain's <laughs> just like grabs his head and throws it at a rock. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just crushes him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as you were saying before about uh, where Drogon goes, and um, there's been rumors or theories about that he's going uh, east back to Old Valyria, mm-hmm. and he's taking her back there. And but there's also uh, stories that east of Valyria is a sigh, and that's where uh, Daenerys's eggs are from. Mm-hmm. So there might be more dragons over there. Mm-hmm. So if Drogon goes and finds some little buddies, yeah, and then comes back with like you know a couple dragons of his own, yeah, who knows? But I wouldn't on fan theories and stuff, man. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath on any of them because it's like what was it? We just watched an old like fan theory video right and it was just it's amazing how like off the beaten track yeah, yeah. everybody seemed to be on what hey you know what at the very least almost no one was able to predict the ending of this show <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you know i guess that, i don't know what that says about the game of thrones and stuff what people want out of it yeah um and with the you know the whole another thing that they were building up to is the where is azora high you know the 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 the, the hero that is supposed to kill the Night King and wield Lightbringer and be an agent of the Lord of Light. Like, I know Arya, I guess, technically becomes that, but she didn't have any Lightbringer sword. She didn't know anything about the religion. Is this, sorry, like a prophecy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the whole, uh, you know, the Red Woman. Mm. Uh, it's uh, Melisandre. It's her whole prophecy. And, uh, you know, that's the main one of the main uh, driving forces of the the series as it goes along is is it Daenerys or is it Jon some people even said it was Tyrion is going to be the one to take out mm-hmm. the Night King and for it to be Arya is cool in a story sense but it the the prophecy is totally null and void with her as that hero it doesn't make any sense yeah no i i i, I don't know i thought i'm with you on that i'm sort of bummed that there were all these different prophecies yeah. uh, that just didn't come to being like uh 
like even telling Arya who she's gonna kill, like blue eyes then green eyes. Yeah. She only got blue eyes. Yeah. She never really got green eyes. Yeah, green eyes was supposed to be Cersei and it didn't happen. Yeah. And even if it wasn't like even if they they didn't have to make it Cersei, they could have made it someone else mm. just to make the prophecy come true. Yeah. Which just means it's like it's another one of those things. If you're setting something up in your story, yeah. if you it's like um it's like the Chekhov's gun. Do you know the Chekhov's gun? Uh, you know Star Trek. Yeah. So you know, uh, like the Chekhov character, the, yeah, yeah. the Russian on the on Mr. The... Chekhov, Mr. Chekhov, I am checking torpedo. <laughs> sure. Firing torpedo. So, um, the way that the way this 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 literary or not literary concept, this story concept was um, if like if if in your fiction you yeah. present something that sort of stand like uh like you give your your character a gun, right? You know, it's like mounting a sword on the wall. Like okay, in this shot, I put there's a, in this guy's apartment. There's a sword on the wall, right. and then you'll see later on in the movie that sword gets pulled off the wall and used in a fight. Yeah, that's the Chekhov's gun. You know, at the beginning of the episode, Chekhov has a gun. He rarely carries a gun. You mm. know, later on he's gonna have to pull it out and shoot somebody with it. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, what I'm saying is, this show would have all these like Chekhov guns showing up. Yeah. And then nobody would whip them out and use them. Or you know they'd say or like you know, yeah like it wouldn't there's not there's no follow ups which is sort of like disappointing you know yeah exactly um, another thing we were talking about too is that uh, we felt that the positions that people had received weren't earned mm-hmm. you know that uh, why does Samwell become the Grand Maester when he's barely finished his schooling or whatever and oh yeah you know he's you know what has he done really besides discovering some obsidian and curing jorah yeah and uh all the other all the other maesters are like so old yeah. because they spent years of their life dedicating themselves to this yeah this thing and he's just it's another case of it's, it's the brant branton brant brawn the brawn thing yeah of just getting promoted for no real reason yeah sam Samwise there and gets yeah <laughs> and same when you think about the small council is like why is Savo uh, Davos seaworthy there mm-hmm. he's like oh, oh he's made the master of the ships or whatever right so I guess you know they turn a smuggler into a knight into a master of, of ships so it's it that seems strange as well uh, also a lot of people I know complain about Tyrion yeah and how his intelligence level just drops after yeah. season five. So why is this character rewarded as being the master or the the hand again by the end of the series? Yeah, you know, and like as a, it's only because he's a fan favorite, not because in the story he's proven to or deserve the title. No, every every bit of advice that he's given Danny, really, like after he becomes Danny's hand, has been bad advice. Yeah, if you watch the like, if you follow the you know all the different things. Yeah. He's never had a good idea. <laughs> she even wanted to remove him at one point, right? So it's, you know, and he didn't want it either. So I guess, you know, Bran was, that's Bran's way of punishing him by doing making him do something he knows he doesn't want to do. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know that job that you weren't good at for Danny? <laughs> Be not good at it for me. Yeah. And with, you know, with Bran uh, said he was going to start warging into animals and tracking Drogon as he goes east. And so he basically leaves the kingdom in control of the small council with Tyrion at the head. Is that what he says at the end? Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. I guess I was too upset to realize what was happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, while he's on his whole journey of, of trying to figure out what's going on over there, the, the whole kingdom is left to Tyrion after all this bad stuff has gone on, mm-hmm. mostly due to him. Yeah. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, Denver. Um, 
uh, something that was presented to me before. One of the other reasons that the season was probably rushed. Yeah. Uh, this did occur to me, and it's sort of like it, it's maybe we shouldn't blame the creators a hundred percent because um, what's the actress's name who plays Danny? Amelia Clark. Can't forget that Amelia Clark actually came forward and uh, admitted that she's had um, health conditions. Right. She's got a, some. Uh, she had some like surgery on her brain. Right. She had like a stroke, I think, or something at one point. I don't. I can't remember. It was something bad happened to her. Um, it was like season. God, I think it was like season two, even when it first hit her or something, and just you know mm. she got super sick and needed to get surgery on her brain and. And it was crazy how, like, she'd had, like, an operation one week. Yeah. And the very next week, she put on a wig and went to, like, Comic-Con to announce, like, the next season or something yeah. of Game of Thrones. Yeah. She's a trooper. She's, like, for, like, her being able to work through that. Right. But I wonder if that is a factor into yeah. them not continuing the series. Like, they want to make sure that she can get get it done before she, if she ever gets any sicker. Right, right. That's definitely possible, yeah. As you remember when I told you about that a while ago, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that's, you know, that's really saddening to hear, you know, because she's such a great actress and uh, mm-hmm. a major light for the show. Absolutely. So, you know, I was excited to see what was going to happen next, but, uh, you know, I guess that's it's going to be up in the air. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, some fans, do we want to talk about the fans a little bit? Uh, well, that's uh, us. <laughs> uh, what I, what, you, um, what I mean is, like, you know, they, there's there's people who are like, hey, we should sign a petition, get right. them to rewrite the show. Oh, okay, yeah. Things like that. I mean, honestly, like, I'm not a hundred percent happy with the ending. Right. Uh, uh, and and but I'm not. I I'm gonna still. My emotional reaction though is like, it's not the end of the world. This isn't like. <laughs> This, yeah. you know, this isn't my my life. You know, I don't live and breathe Game of Thrones. Yeah, I have other things in my life that are more important to me. I'm not going to sign a petition to force the creators to redo any seasons. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, just deal with what you're given. If you don't like the art, put it down and move <laughs> on. Right. Yeah, you know how much money they spent on like the Battle of Winterhold alone. Yeah, you know the, the Winterfell. Winterfell. Oh, uh, that's okay. It's great. <laughs> I love Skyrim too. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's it's more than movies would yeah. spend on stuff. So it, it's incredible. It's an incredibly big ask to go back mm. and reshoot stuff like that. Yeah, or do it differently at least. It's it's just like I don't know what kind of that's almost an entitled behavior. Yeah, like just imagine going into any movie. Yeah, and then your your review of it is you should remake it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd done that with the prequels of Star Wars, but right, yeah, <laughs> like in the in the editing suite though, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you know there are people who can re re edited those films a little bit, to tweak them, make them make them better. Yeah. Well, your fan edits always exist. Uh, yeah, there's one for Phantom Menace. It's about uh, zero seconds long. No, <laughs> I'm just messing. Yeah. That's how long it would need to be to be better. <laughs> yeah, half uh, more like ninety percent of it would be animated. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, we have, we threw in the Darth Maul scene. It's good. Yeah. So, uh, are there any before we like finish up? Um, any of your like favorite characters like make it to the end that you were happy about? Well, I'm I'm a big Arya fan, but uh, yeah, I just feel like even her surviving the dragon attack on the city was mm-hmm. kind of very not George uh, George R. Martin. You know that uh, same with when John went with the seven north of the wall and he didn't die. You know when mm-hmm. he got into the water and stuff, and it just it really showed that they were afraid to kill people off. That yeah. you know that were fan favorites. Yeah, like, Arya 
could have survived the attack on the city. Yeah. But the way they depicted it was just, just like as though she was the invincible one in the yeah. in the city. Yeah. Or she's like, there's like all everyone is dead around her, and she just peels herself up off yeah. the corpses and off the rubble, finds a horse and gallops out of there. <laughs> That's not ingenuity. Like we should have seen her being. Like the like the engineer like yeah the yeah. smart person that she is like jumping from rooftop to rooftop like finding like a way through the sewer or something right right something really crazy some yeah very interesting very you know uh, intelligent way to survive not yeah. just oh yeah it was the same place everybody else was but I'm just invincible yeah absolutely yeah well what's the next franchise you're excited about oh jeez oh like, jeez eh? uh, end game. Uh, so Marvel is going to be on a slight pause, right? Until like next year for right. us, and then we're back in the Marvel game. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars is coming to an end this year, as we've talked about. Oh man. Well, that's also temporary. Um, There's a oh, Terminator movie. Oh, I heard that they canceled Ryan Johnson's trilogy or something. Did they? I think so. Oh man. Yeah, they just keep passing those things around. Like... <laughs> so is that because everybody just like went up in arms against it, or uh, maybe? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I hope I hope I'm not spreading the wrong rumor because if it's not him, then it's the uh, Game of Thrones guys who aren't getting there. Oh, okay. Because okay. they also are getting some Star Wars, aren't they? The Game of Thrones guys. I thought they were getting some. Oh, D and D. Yeah, D and D. I thought they were getting some. Oh God. See, it's like it's things that nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody like. Not nobody. There are people out there who like it, and yeah. if you do, like. Good for you. That's fine. But I think there's a bunch of people who have just sort of decided that, like, we have, we have this feeling that these creators don't handle the these intellectual properties well. Right. Like, we don't like the way that Ryan Johnson has handled Star Wars, so why let him make more? Right. We didn't like what D&D did on their own without right. George R. R. Martin, so why give him power to do... Why give them power to do even more? Yeah, they were excellent at streamlining the books, but yep. as far as being inventive and creative and, and still in the world and, and realm of, of the series, it, it kind of fell short in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. End of an era, right? How many years <laughs> has this been? Uh, I guess eight. Eight years about? Yeah. yeah. Is it not more? Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm just going off the seasons. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, if it was a season a year, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, and you were right. Like those, Every one of those episodes in the last season... It's like an hour and a half long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hold on. How much more time do we have? Uh, oh, I'd say we're out of time. Any nitpicks before we go? No. Okay. No. I could nitpick. I'm gonna leave it up. If it, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm just gonna let it go. That was my, everything I have to say about Game of Thrones for now. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna emotionally let it go and, <laughs> and and have a good sleep and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All, all right, Denver. Thanks for talking to me about this. Yeah. Um. We'll be back. And another week? Absolutely. Have a good one.